0: Hello and welcome to the form of fitness podcast podcast where I Nathan Shanes and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information Such as exercise philosophies routines and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show What's up guys welcome back to the form of fitness podcast. This is episode 13. I'm joined by Duncan once more and today we're going to be talking about um setting goals in the frame of reference of New Year's is coming up. So do you have any goals you want to talk about that you're setting for yourself? All
1: right. So quick confession time. I've kind of fallen off the wagon of like my whole um, eating kind of more cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, eating at the dining hall is not helping anything. Because <laughs> for me, not only is that um, the food there isn't great, but also just the convenience of going to get pizza is a lot better than the waiting in a line to get stir fry or um, a sandwich like a wrap yeah that would be a lot healthier that i can also choose what's being put on it um but yeah that's kind of like my biggest goal along with like a couple just like individual strength um, increases and Technique yeah, uh, focuses.
0: I'd say as we enter into the winter months, your body naturally wants to, um, let's say, store more energy. <laughs> yeah. Which is why your body tends to lean more towards those easy carbohydrates. I personally feel it's why, you know, I might be leaning towards, you know, in the case of the dining hall, grabbing a dessert on the way out of the dining yeah. hall or eating a bowl of cereal with dinner some stupid or like eating an extra burger or like just – inputting more food because when you are outside and it is cold you are expending more energy to keep your body warm so your body's naturally going to respond to that by wanting to input more calories um which if which is kind of why i like losing weight in the winter too because Mm -hmm. it's i mean if i stick to my diet it's a little bit easier just because i'm expending more calories outside keeping my body warm uh especially walking in between classes and stuff like that which you know we all have to do in college um yeah.
1: Anything you want to add to that. Well, I also feel like sticking to a diet's a lot easier, especially when you're talking about restricting like foodstuffs mm-hmm. when that food just isn't in your house or yeah. in where you're getting your food from. And like the dessert table's just right there, man. Yeah. And yeah. if I see something red
0: velvet, yeah. Oh. When I see cookies, I mean like it's so easy. I can walk and eat a cookie. I can yeah. walk and eat a cookie on the way out. It's not like cake uh, where I have to I need to probably sit down and eat it or You know, deal with the social consequences of looking like a maniac. (laughs) Yeah, like luckily soda just I've
1: lost the taste for And I actually find that a lot. Like I've talked to other friends who have done this where if you quit soda for like three, four, five, six months and you try and drink it again, it just tastes weird. Like that carbonation, your body's like,
0: yeah,
1: Um, because like I like sweeter drinks, but like a soda, I can't really stand anymore. Um, so luckily like that's not a problem that I'm having anymore. And like drinking calories is so much easier than like eating them.
0: Yeah. I'll say that's definitely true. Eating You would prefer to eat your calories than you would to drink them. Now bulking tip, drink calories. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The bulking tip is pour oil in anything (laughs) you're drinking because it's 100 calories a tablespoon. But, um, don't do that. (laughs) It's not a good
1: idea. Yeah. Um, But anything over like two tablespoons of. Olive oil will
0: get you, I and mean, your your stomach will be cleaned out. You know, <laughs> but um, you might not have time to absorb the calories. Yeah, because some call that the open shoot, because it's gonna roll through you like Taco Bell. Is yeah, is what it's gonna do.
1: Yeah, olive oil is good for you in moderated amounts.
0: Yep, as is with uh, most foods. Food is one of those things where you know it's not everything in moderation. It's knowing how to moderate everything. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's knowing how much of that food you can actually eat. And especially in the case of like setting goals for yourself, it's how do you want to set those goals? What what specifically do you want to do? Do you want to remove certain things from your diet for particular reasons? Do you want to reduce the amount of that certain type of macro you're eating? Like in the obviously in the case of carbs, most people do carb cutting diets uh, for weight loss. You know, key, keto's very keen on this uh, Keto. I personally don't like keto, but I've you know met plenty of people who do like keto. I just don't like the foods that keto cuts out in favor of other foods. Mm-hmm. Like um, I've read through some keto cookbooks where like I don't like the idea of substituting a food for an equal food in my mind. I don't yeah. want to substitute a certain type of bread with a different type of bread. I'd rather just not eat bread. I'd rather have the idea in my head to I just can't eat that food. Mm -hmm. Because it's, I know that's generalizing, but personally for me, diets are easier to stick to when I, there's a lot of generalizations
1: made. Yeah.
0: And I always
1: think that personally, like restrictive diets Mm -hmm. are kind of a sham. Um, And there's, there's science to back that up. Like a restrictive diet, most diets, 90% of the time you're going to fail by the end of year one. And that's just partially a willpower thing. You know, also, I think that when you are cutting something like carbohydrates out of your Mm -hmm. diet, that's a macronutrient. It is. Like, you are cutting one of the three things that most people need to live. Yeah. And there seems to be some scientific evidence that, like, going into this ketosis route for entrepreneurs or someone like that, like, it evens out energy levels because you're not dealing with insulin resistance and um, how much your, like, glycogen is bouncing all over the place. Right. But at the same time, if you're working out and stuff, it has not really been seen to benefit you as much as a diet that includes carbohydrates because you're losing a lot of that energy that can be um, used for quickness. And so I tend to go more the um, almost replacement or add-on to um, forms of diets. And those scientifically are about a 50-50 chance of sticking to it through year one. And what those diets usually look like is... I'm just going to eat my protein first, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea there is if I eat, let's say, 30 to 40 grams of protein per meal, and I throw that at the beginning of my meal, protein is the most filling macronutrient. And so when you eat that first, it stops you from feeling like you can even eat the rest of your meal. Yeah, And so that'll help you kind of slow down the amount of calories that you're initially intaking just because you're going to have your protein, which is important. You're then probably going to eat some fat, some carb, and that's going to be each meal that you're having. Yeah. And that'll probably get you where you need
0: to be in terms of macronutrient
1: levels while also stopping you from overeating.
0: Yeah. And, um, one thing is, is tailoring diets. It's hard. And Mm -hmm. when you tailor a diet to yourself, it's a lot more work than just looking up online. What's the new fad diet, you know? I'm going to go pescatarian, I'm going to do paleo, I'm going to do keto, something like that, where everything is pretty much set out online for you. It's not personalized. Everyone kind of has a little, their bodies are a little bit different. So the energy that you're going to be using, the way your body is, uh, it's similar to other people, but the way your body is taking advantage of these nutrients, uh, these macros, the way it's putting them into place, and maybe even the order of which you eat things is going to be different in some way and you figuring that out is very very easy to do with maybe a more like elimination style diet where you eat everything and you say all right I'm going to cut this out for for x amount of time yeah. or you do the inverse amount of that which is where you cut down to a very very small set of food that you can eat you kind of get your body used to that maybe about 30 days and then you start adding things back in mm-hmm. you know and you'll notice whether or not you should have that food in cuz some people like beans is a food that is kind of like it's varied on whether or not people um, can really handle it. I mean, there's a reason it gives you gas. You know, it's doing things in your body and it treats different people differently. I've heard some people don't like eating beans because it makes them feel bloated and things like that. And other people just don't have that happen to them. You know, so figuring that out specifically to you is very important and very useful.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's very important that we make sure that we are... Kind of journaling if we're going to go through this process and so that you actually have a written record of how mm-hmm. you felt each day and do make sure that you're going for about a month in this process because it's going to take about a month for you to be able to tell am I feeling this way because of the food I'm eating or because of something else that's happening in my life. And so making sure that you take that month to kind of journal and write down so that you understand, okay, this is how this using this type of food is affecting me right now. Yep. Um, something that I do want to speak on is like this whole, there's a lot of things that initially might cause problems in our digestive system. It does take about two weeks to a month for your microbiome and your gut to get to where it can handle certain foods, especially if you don't usually eat them. Yeah. Um, I remember one of the biggest kind of almost lies that I heard growing up was that you shouldn't eat salads you shouldn't eat uncooked leafy greens because they have these really big cell walls. Your body can't really handle it. And it you're not absorbing that many nutrients and it's just not very good for you. And so that was kind of one of the, the biggest things that was propelling people towards the carnivore diet was kind of s- vegetables don't want you to eat them. Right. Kind of, sort of. It turns out that a little bit of struggle for your digestive system is good for you. Like, yeah. you're not... 100% supposed to just be able to digest everything super easy. And we see this with processed foods. Processed foods are some of the worst foods for you to eat. yeah. And they are the easiest things for your body to just kind of digest and um, right. take all the nutrients out of. And so understanding that is very important. And Almost always, it's best to look into the why for um, what someone's telling you, especially yeah. when it comes to nutrition, because they might have an ulterior motive or their assertion might just not be fully, um, based, based. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That that's pretty common. And a lot of things, a lot of diets tend to be more focused and especially in the day and age we live in tend to be a lot more focused on the morality behind what you're eating, Mm -hmm. as opposed to you being a human and you being, uh, you getting the energy and the food that you need. Um, and being very, very attentive to what, your the diet that you're trying to stick to looking into the community behind that who's pushing this you know where's it coming from that's very important and it's going to make you on top of that you're going to find that you're a lot more knowledgeable on that community as well mm-hmm. and a big thing about going on a diet too is not just knowing about that diet it's knowing about the other diets in comparison to it there are plenty of people out there who have tried different types of diets to a very very strict level for long periods of time and tried multiple of these and given their feedback on them so you need like reading personal people's testimonials on the diet you're going to get every single diet you're going to see five star reviews and one star reviews it that's just how it is there's going to be people where that diet does not work for them for specific reasons and specific necessities of their life maybe the in the case of an office worker an office worker might not have As much of a struggle on a certain diet as compared to a construction worker where the construction worker is outside in the heat expending a lot of these micronutrients and maybe that diet doesn't supply it it's it's understanding you know the what the diet's providing you but also who's pushing it who has vetted interest in you taking on this diet right which is the case with you know certain diets where you have to buy like very specific kind of foods Um, and the people pushing that tend to be just the people that own those companies, yeah. as opposed to, um, as opposed to maybe medical professionals, dietitians, people who have invested time in researching what this quantity of these chemicals do in your body over time, and with you know certain levels of energy expenditure.
1: Yeah, and one of the biggest groups of people that I think about, kind of to make up this point, is kind of the carnivore people. You know, one of the biggest proponents of that diet is Michaela Peterson, and she never recommends it to the average person. She's on this diet because her family is racked with these autoimmune diseases. And for whatever reason, it seems that eating only meat reduces the symptoms of these diseases. And so she's not necessarily on this diet strictly for nutrition purposes, but also because it is helping her with her symptoms of her diseases that she has as an individual that are chronic. Mm -hmm. And so understanding kind of why people are doing the diet, um, both morally and mm-hmm. almost within healthcare perspective can be very helpful yeah. as well. Cause there's some diets that are just made in order to help reduce certain symptoms of certain illnesses. And if you don't have that illness, then there's not a lot of good reason for you to actually hop onto that diet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how a lot of diets are. Uh, a lot of diets you're hearing about. It's like there was one person that kind of pioneered it Mm-hmm. Cuz it worked for them yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it's a tailored diet to them but that's it yeah. other than that you know it's like yeah it worked for me well i mean a lot of things work for a lot of different people <laughs> yeah. because a lot of different people do a lot of different things uh, a lot of people have different body styles right where the energy they need is different right people that tend to not work in high intensity jobs May not be under the same requirements for carbohydrates in their system Mm -hmm. as people that are working and having high energy exertion during the workday, right? Your blue collar physical labor workers are going to need more carbohydrates in their diet because during their day they are expending more of this high intensity energy, which is what carbohydrates are stored in your body for, Mm -hmm. you know, this quick acting glycogen and those, you know, the ability to pick up a 50 pound sack and carry it 100 yards, you know, every five minutes is, you know, it's an important That that's what that energy store is. Whereas, you know, these slow acting fats, that's what, you know, these low intensity more, you know, brain, brain uh, driven jobs are, mm-hmm. you know, where you're using your brain for all, all your work, but you're just sitting at a desk, right? This is where your energy is going to be tended to be uses in these, uh like your fat stores, you know, mm-hmm this, uh, slower acting energy is that's how, uh, people try to, that's how, when you look up online, like, like people are going to explain it to you is, uh, how to like, when you're looking up how to lose fat, right. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be, you want to make sure that, you know, when the good part about working out is that you're going to expend all this glycogen. So that way, when you're not there, like when you're not at the gym, Mm -hmm. after you've expended all this, you're going to start burning fat while you're doing your other, things which is really important to losing that weight but it's also why they say it doesn't matter how much time you spend on the treadmill that's not going to 100 correlate yeah. to fat, uh, loss. fat loss which is why your diet is really important if you're just in taking more food than you know you're burning you're still just going to gain weight you know
1: yeah and there's also another form of dieting in here that we haven't really talked about and that's kind of changing your feeding window mm-hmm. um this i feel like has gotten very popular recently <laughs> with uh this like f- intermittent fasting yep. um, to me intermittent fasting makes sense to a certain degree. And then it stops making sense afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that's very interesting is if you've ever heard about the anabolic window, yeah. that was actually a study done on in- people who do intermittent fasting. And so for the average person, there's really no need to ingest calories right after a workout within that 30 minutes to an hour Unless you're either really experienced or you haven't eaten anything um, within like four hours of the workout. And that's kind of why people in this um, study actually experienced what we call the anabolic window and benefits from um, ingesting protein right after their workouts. Because they hadn't had protein in their system within like eight or nine hours of them actually working out. But there's a lot of good things with this intermittent fasting and so we do know that if you eat after like seven eight o'clock it starts actually affecting how well you sleep so not eating around seven or eight is probably a good idea and then if you want to make that a 12 hour window of not eating that's just eight to eight or seven to seven which i think is very doable for most people um and so this kind of helps to restrict how much you eat because you can only eat so much of one given time and so if you make your feeding window smaller it's just going to naturally reduce how much you're eating another good benefit that i've seen and this is kind of a lot of people's suggestion on if you want to lose weight easily this is how you do it you do an intermittent fasting where you know you take a eight hour feeding window And right before you stop intermittent fasting, you go work out. That's when you go work out because you have the lowest levels of glycogen in your system. It's when almost all your energy is gone. Go work out, get that pump, and then go and eat. And what that does is it prioritizes fat loss because that's the only energy that your body has in order for you to be able to sustain um, your workout. And then you go right into eating again, and that'll help you build protein because at that point in time, you do have something like an anabolic window. And so this has been recommended by a lot of different people. Um, Andrew Huberman, I think, is yeah. one of the biggest yeah, proponents I've heard, I've heard of this. And so with that, you just see a lot of really good, not just weight loss, but almost weight conversion where you're going from having you know, 10 pounds of fat to 5 pounds of muscle and less fat
0: yeah using um, using your fat to uh, essentially help your body build yeah uh the, that muscle which is really important and that's that's body recomposition mm-hmm. which is a big thing in the fitness world where it's like i don't really care about my weight on the scale i'm just trying to translate my physique look from a more fatty build to a more muscular build yeah and that's That's what most people want to do anyway. It's like I really don't necessarily – like the weight I'm at is kind of a healthy one. Mm -hmm. But if I could exchange 15 pounds of fat for five or six pounds of muscle, I'd be very happy and I'd look much different, you know, Yeah, but at almost the same weight.
1: And when you're setting weight loss goals, it's very important for you to almost – instead of setting like a goal weight, set a goal body composition. And it's harder to – um, calculate body composition. But if you can find something that like loosely gets you into a range that even that's beneficial because what people struggle with is when they go to the gym and they have this weight loss goal and they just start going to the gym, of course they're not going to lose weight. They're either going to stay about at the weight that they are, or they'll actually increase in weight because what's happening is they're actually gaining muscle and muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah. Um, and then, If you throw on like adding creatine to your diet, you know, around this (laughs) this spot, you get water retention. You have a lot of these different factors. And so you almost want to make sure that you have some way of tracking your overall fat content instead of tracking just your weight. Because your weight can lie to you, um, especially when you are working out as well. Like your weight matters, but as long as you can explain away. Yeah. Why um, your weight's changing, then
0: that's what really matters. Yeah. And that's another thing is like uh, believing a diet works super well for you too, is that maybe you're swapping to a diet that has a way lower like saline content. You're eating way less sodium um, and all this stuff. And so your water retention goes down. This is how you hear people say lost Like, like, I mean, it's happened to me before where it's like you lose six pounds in one day. hmm. It's like, well, I've been pissing all day because I don't have the <laughs> salt in me to just retain all this water I'm drinking because I drink a lot of water. Yeah. And so it's just like it's flowing like it's just filtering through me all the time, you know, and, or the day before or two days before I eat like really high sodium diet, uh sodium intake mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm eating really salty foods with every meal. So my water stores up and then a day later, you know, I just don't eat like that. And then bam six pound difference or some some shit like that. Like water weighs a lot, like (laughs) water weighs a lot, especially when you drink a lot of it. Um, and just knowing that your body weight will fluctuate like that is really, uh, it's really important to understanding the validity of your diet, how well your diet is working for you. And I'd say, honestly, your body can handle any diet for two weeks, two and a half weeks, which is, once you get past that two-and-a-half-week window of, in the case of, like, if you're going from drinking coffee all the time to not, mm-hmm. the headaches, you know, sugar withdrawals in some cases. Oh. Worst-case scenario, salt withdrawals. Salt withdrawals are horrible. Yeah. And honestly, like, salt withdrawals isn't really a real thing, I don't think. It's just where you don't give your body enough. And so okay. your body's just, like, like you can't retain any water, yeah. so you just get a headache. Yeah. All the time. You can't solve anything. Nope. Um, horrible problem. Horrible <laughs> problem to have, especially in tandem yeah. with either of those other two. Yeah. But you're going – you're probably going to feel like shit. If you're going from eating like shit to eating way better, even if it's like – even it's not the best diet out there, it's still probably better than the way you were eating before. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have a window where – your body's going to have cravings. You're going to be craving carbs. You're going to be craving like simple sugars a lot, mm. which is in every diet they want you to cut those out. It's because they're not good for you. Yeah. It's not good for you in the quantity that you are most likely eating them now. And it's the same thing like with coffee. Most most diets recommend that you either cut back on the caffeine um, from, you know, maybe three or three or four cups a day to mm-hmm. one in the morning or something like that, both for sleep reasons and for Um, When you, when you have too many, too much caffeine, your body starts craving carbs a lot more. Uh, It goes from being like this essentially in low amounts in the morning. It's a good agent to kind of like stave off hunger. Yep. Whereas in high quantities, once you come off any feeling of that, like intense caffeine feel, you are hungry and you want carbs. You want simple carbs. Your body wants energy. And uh, it's essentially been like kind of depriving you in some ways of it.
1: And also, I mean, coffee and caffeine is one of the best and worst tools for kind of weight loss. Because one key component of caffeine is caffeine doesn't break a fast. Coffee doesn't break a fast. Now, if you're talking about religious reason, yes. like, like reasoning, <laughs> coffee, coffee breaks a fast. <laughs> but scientifically, it doesn't actually do anything to your blood levels. Your body doesn't treat it like it would treat food. And this is also assuming you drink your coffee black. Yeah. Not <laughs> not, not the mocha
0: latte <laughs> from Starbucks or the Yeah,
1: you can't Starbucks up. You can't do a pumpkin uh, what is that? Pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. None of the what nope, like I mean what do they have for Christmas? The peppermint spice something. Yeah, I don't, no peppermint I, I, don't spice. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I I'm more of a tea person. I'm brew my own, but um and tea's also a great tool for this cuz like really a cup is all you need. Yeah. Um and also if you're struggling with like this weird just 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon crash, it's probably because you're ingesting your caffeine too early. Yeah. Um, what you want to do is you want to ingest your caffeine about two hours after you wake up mm-hmm. because caffeine inhibits um, the chemical that's telling your body that it's tired. And when you drink caffeine right in the morning, you're basically going from zero – to 100. 200 <laughs> at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning because – or 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon because your body was um, filled with caffeine and now it's lost all of it. Yeah.
0: And so you're um, – Assuming you drink a normal amount of coffee. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like your chemicals are just like all out of whack. And so it's very important
0: for you to avoid this caffeine crash. Just wait a couple hours. Yeah. On top of that, with caffeine, the law of diminishing returns is so visible mm-hmm. – it's not hard for you to go from, I don't really drink coffee to one coffee in the morning to one coffee in the morning, one coffee in the afternoon mm-hmm. to three cups in the morning to I'm doing this. I'm taking pre-workout before I go to the gym. <laughs> I look yeah. back on my day and I've had probably close to about 900 milligrams of caffeine, <laughs> yeah. which especially at, our age, especially at our age is not healthy, <laughs> especially for guys. I mean, like you're probably still growing in some way. And when you're getting up to the high levels of caffeine, this is where they're beating up your heart. Yeah. On top of that, like, you know, your mom said you don't get to drink coffee because it'll stunt your growth. Yeah. It does stunt your growth at that level. It stunts (laughs) your growth. Like the, the literature is like three to four cups a day is where you start inhibiting. (laughs) That's how much caffeine (laughs) I've been taking, you know, it's so, yeah, it's like, don't stay away from the stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but just know that it's, Good for it to be a tool, not a not a crutch. You want it to be a tool, not a crutch. And
1: drinking the stuff black often helps people regulate how much they drink because when it doesn't taste
0: like a soda or, <laughs> or like, like a like, fruit juice, like it helps. W- when it doesn't taste like a literal milkshake, <laughs> yeah. It, um, I mean, yeah, it, that's how it is. It's you want you want your you want your body to know it as a tool. You mm-hmm. want you, in some ways, I know it's not a great relationship to have with your food as treating your food like food, like it's fuel. Yeah. But it's also one of the, a great relationship to have with food in some way, just because it's like, no, I'm not eating that. And that that's more of a mental game discipline than it is. um, than it is like actually what you're eating. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not inputting that into my body because that will make me do X, Y, Z. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. And having that relationship with foods that can be highly problematic for you
1: is important, mm-hmm. I think. Like, caffeine's one of these things where if you take too much caffeine, your heart will stop. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not that hard to do either. It's like, I think one gram in an hour window usually leads to, like, terrible complications. That's Oh, yeah. If you have two bang drinks back-to-back, back, you're dead. <laughs> I mean, like, not that long. You might not be like, dead, but, like, you'll have a heart attack problem. Oh, see, but uh, the, the there's thing There's so is, many
0: stories about yeah. that. Um that has more to do with beta alanine than it does yeah. caffeine. Like, uh, there's just, I watched a video on a guy who took eight scoops of pre-workout. Yeah. He went into coma. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, beta alanine is in the family with uh, methamphetamine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because what it does is it essentially blocks some neuroreceptors. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why it's in workout stuff. Yeah. Is like it puts you in the zone. But it's not like, like meth, your body just like has to cycle out. This can be broken down and digested over time. Uh So like the, but you grow a tolerance to it really quickly, which is why people take uh, breaks from their pre-workout and whatnot. Now, granted, I don't know how I feel about pre-workout. I feel like the difference between my workouts before adding pre-workout regularly to after is almost the same. I feel like it's almost negligible, Yeah, but that's personal. I know it works way better for some people. Some people just can't work out without it is what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Get better. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. yeah, everything like feels different to other people. And so just knowing yourself really well is really where the whole dieting stuff comes in. And that's how, I mean, in the case of setting goals, like Mm -hmm. that's exactly what we're talking about is my goal is to lose this much weight and goals in the gym and goals in diet. They tend to follow the same thing, but like, I feel like I tend to, it's easier for me to make strides in the gym. Right. Mm. I'm always there. I'm always looking at, but like, that's cause I want to be at the gym. Right. I already have the discipline to be yeah. at the gym, do the gym thing. Uh, want to get better in the gym, mm. but like with a diet, it's like, yeah, I want, I want a cookie. I want, I want, I want the <laughs> snack. I, you know, I, I I can't fit it into my calories if I'm cutting or like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have my bulk where I'm trying to gain weight, be full of nothing but vacant calories, Mm -hmm. void calories, just calories that are just worthless. Like, like eating slices of white bread or making a grilled cheese or something like that. You know, it's just not useful calories or something like that.
1: Yeah. And really dieting is so much easier when you have a goal.
0: It is. It's like quality. when I when
1: I had that competition coming up, I was like, I gotta be clean. I gotta be clean. I can't crash. Mm-hmm. I have four different events that I have to do within like hours of each other. I can't crash. I can't happen. And so then I'm like, I gotta eat clean. And the amount of simple sugars I ate diminished phenomenally. The carbs I ate, I had. Let's see, I had a wrap in, for lunch, so I had a little bit of grain based carbs from that, but mostly it was vegetables and. Um, Vegetables and fruit, which, dude, I love some fruit. Yeah, and fruit is one of the best ways for you to get your carbohydrates from. Yeah, uh, vegetables and fruit are and nutrient, so other nutrient rich and so much better for you than grains. Also, grains are terrible for your teeth. Oh yeah, um, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, like gluten. I
0: mean, you're, it gets you're stuck right in your teeth.
1: Train. It's harder for you to um, brush it out. And gluten's important for you.
0: It is, but but yeah. again,
1: yeah, fruits and vegetables. Huh. yeah. Like I could sit down and eat two pounds of strawberries. I've done yeah. that before. If you get when you're dieting, if you ever get a sugar craving, get some fruit. Don't yeah. resort to Skittles, mangoes, peaches. Get some fruit.
0: I mean, even the stuff. I mean, granted, the stuff in the can. Yeah, it's not as good as the fresh fruit, but it's yep. better than candy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Or you know any other form of like yeah. cookies stuff like me i mean y- you you probably know what's good for you yeah i mean that's really how dieting is it's like it's like ah, I shouldn't eat this i shouldn't eat this mm-hmm. there's a lot of that going on but it's like i just don't care yeah. it's kind of I, I i i'm running on the i'd rather just have the feeling of eating something sweet or like eating this giving into a craving mm-hmm. it's that's basic a lot of dieting is just not giving into your cravings at least for the first couple of weeks. And then it becomes like a, and then the cravings go away and then the cravings go away. And then it's like, uh, you might eat one at like an event or something. And you're like, Oh, like that, that's, that means you've done probably pretty well Is the moment that you go from the food that you were craving, couldn't get out of your diet to just being like, ah,
1: I don't don't like how it didn't feel good. Uh, Or like,
0: like, uh, when you cut out sugar enough, you'll know it when you drink something like really sweet and you just get like a Cl- your head gets cloudy or something like yeah. like so much simple sugar so quickly like you're just like no nah, that's not for me that's, i'm gonna stay away from that
1: yeah and it's also important that you enjoy your diet and so one of the biggest things there is like if you are going out on a date with a girl or you're going out to party with friends don't be a stuck-up asshole and be like i can't have this not in my diet like yeah. allow yourself to be like i'm gonna have fun tonight the diet's gonna kind of go into the back pocket right. I'm going to drink some beers even though they're super high in carbs. I'm going to go right. and eat some pizza. Like this is okay to do. Yeah. And it's almost healthy for you to do this because you're not you're not a machine. Yeah. And being able to say, "Hey, I didn't adhere to my diet, but that doesn't mean that my diet has to stop right. all together." Is very important for you to be able to do because you will have days where you cheat a little. You'll have days where you fail. And the important part is, is that you can be like, just because I failed once
0: doesn't mean I stopped doing this. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing about diets too. And especially in the the popular dieting spaces, like, oh, I ate a burger today. I'm not supposed to have those. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going like the diet's still on, right? Yeah. Like you haven't just given up one cheat meal. Doesn't mean that you just failed. The issue is when you start taking two cheat meals a day and the diet really isn't real, you know? Especially in the case of like diets like keto, yep. where when you come off of it, you come out of keto. You know That's kind of yeah. where that comes from. It's just like, well, I'm not in keto anymore. It's like, it doesn't take that long to get back in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really believe in the process, then you're just going to go back into it and swing at things. What took you out of it wasn't you f- you failing to cravings. It was you had a special event with your family where they just didn't have – food options for you yeah it's like uh starve or you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah piss off my mom or <laughs> <laughs> yeah just yeah. like make someone feel bad because i just didn't eat their food or yeah. you, stuff like that you know that's these are exceptions that we make for the diet um but it doesn't like you're not going to notice that one burger you know, mm-hmm. oh god i gained three pounds yeah. you didn't you probably didn't even gain a tenth of a pound yeah. okay it's probably still even within your calorie window you know yeah. and you Another psychological trick is like, I love looking at The Rock's
1: cheat meals. Have you seen his?
0: Yeah. Oh it's my so God. dumb. Oh, like, my God.
1: His cheat meals aren't even that unhealthy. <laughs> like, if you yeah. look at it, it's like there's still a lot of vegetables and like fruit. There's so protein. much fruit and protein. like protein crap. Uh, all it is is like it's a protein, It it's a healthy version of a pancake. And yeah, he's like, this pan- is my cheat. This is yeah. my cheat. But like, if you can get yourself there where it's like,
0: I mean, this crap. I'm eating Kodiak cakes you know? for a cheat meal. That's yeah. what some people eat when they're on diet. Yeah. You're eating this off diet. Oh my But God, you know. if,
1: if you can treat your diet like that or just create these cheat days where like I'm cheating when really it's like I'm eating a crap ton of tasty fruit. Yeah. Like that's so helpful towards like your mental ability to actually
0: undergo mm-hmm. this diet. Yeah. And that's important. And it's. But that's the same with all goals is just make it easier for you to follow the goal, make it easier for you to stay on diet by not buying the foods that are off diet, mm-hmm. you know? And on top of that, you just get, I mean, the first part's the hardest part is really, I mean, like that's honestly, if, you, if the hardest part of your diet isn't after that first month or isn't during that first month, uh, you need to tr- probably try a different diet. Yeah. You know, if you've made it through that first one month, Is what it tends to be. I mean, there's some diets where it's like, it's going to take you three months to really fit. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, you know, like there's some things I could understand taking that long, but after that, if you're still feeling like you were, the diet's probably not for you, either that or you're not actually adhering to the diet. Yeah. Um, and so again, with all these goals and things, make it easier for yourself. And with that being said, I mean, New Year's resolutions, Mm -hmm. set New Year's resolutions that are either specific enough for you to actually achieve or make them easy enough for you to actually decide what you want to. Because that's, I mean, another thing about New Year's resolutions for myself is I'm not really sure what I want out of something. I I know I want to do something more. So be willing to modify your goals along the way. Mm -hmm. Be willing to make those goals achievable for yourself.
1: Yeah, and one last point that I really want to make is when you are kind of changing up your diet, it's very important that you do talk to your healthcare provider about Mm -hmm. this stuff. Um, And not only is it because you're, you might possibly run into implications or new allergies that you didn't know as you change your food, but also you might realize that there was something wrong with you that you just couldn't notice before changing up your diet because it was your normal. Um, I remember a story about there was a father who gave his son a Pepsi and a um, and a chocolate bar right before every test. It was like a good luck charm. And the kid always did so good on his tests. but he was doing terrible on his quizzes. It turned out that he had blow blood sugar, low blood sugar for all of his life, and that had been passed down to his son who had low blood sugar until he finally went to a doctor. And they're like, this is weird can you explain why this is going on? It's like, oh, he has low blood sugar. So his brain's not functioning properly. And when you give him that soda and that chocolate bar, it evens it out. <laughs> and so now he can think properly, but we don't know what we don't know. And especially when it comes to diet and stuff, like some people don't realize that they're so low in vitamin D. Some yeah. people don't realize that they're so low in manganese. Yeah. Like there's so many just like micronutrients, especially that most people are low on that they don't realize. And then maybe due to a diet change, your quality of life just increases substantially. Um, And, like, blood work's another great way to monitor, like, how is this diet affecting me? Get blood work, like, once a year, man. Yeah. Just, like, go ahead, get it. And even if there's nothing wrong, at least you have a baseline so that if something does happen horribly wrong, you're like, hey, I know what I need to do from here.
0: Yep. Yep. And all these things are important to, I mean, just – Getting you to where you want to be, which is, I mean, generally about everything we talk about is trying to make yourself the person you do want to be and keeping yourself healthy. I mean, that's important. And there's a lot of different ways you do that. And this is just another piece of that. So with that being said, we'll see you guys next time.
1: See ya.